This is the hour of doom and bloom. That's right, friends and neighbors. <laughs> Welcome to Doom and Bloom Survival Medicine Podcast, a scintilla of science, science in a superstitious world. I'm Conan the Barbarian, in for Joe Alton, MD, that old Doctor Bones of the award-winning survival website doomandbloom.net, where you'll find over 1,200 articles, podcasts, and videos on medical preparedness. And I'm Amy Alton, also known as Nurse Amy, and I'm an advanced registered nurse practitioner and a certified nurse midwife. And purveyor of quality medical kits at store.doomandbloom.net. Not to mention the hostess with the mostest. She's so sharp, she has to wear thimbles to search the interweb. Made a mess of my keyboard, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> the bird just screamed. Ah! <laughs> Appropriately. On this show, you're going to get all the information you'll need about how to knit a sweater. No, actually, you're going to get the conventional medical wisdom, but you're also going to get the unconventional medical wisdom, whatever it takes for your family to get medically prepared for the uncertain future. But before we start, listen to this. All information and opinions voiced on the Survival Medicine Podcast are for entertainment purposes only <laughs> and do not represent medical advice for anything. Are you not entertained? <laughs> for anything other than post-apocalyptic settings. We strongly urge our audience to seek modern and standard <laughs> medical care whenever and wherever it is available. Please. That's right. Listen, don't listen. Dye your hair green for all I care. But what happens in a catastrophe when you find out the ambulance is heading in the other direction? How's your green hair going to help you then, huh? Hmm. When the stuff hits the fan, the pros can't get to you. And you know what? You are the highest medical asset left. Surprise. You better do something if you're going to save a life. Before we get started, I just want to mention that we've completed writing the new fourth edition of the Survival Medicine Handbook right there. Greatly expanded and revised, so much so that the book itself, as you can see, is physically larger, contains a lot of new topics, more in-depth information on old ones, and more than double the illustrations. It's been about five years since the third edition came out, so it was time to update with the fourth. Find it on Amazon.com and at store.doomandbloom.net. Okay, enough shameless plugs. <laughs> Away with you, fourth edition. Today I want to talk about hemostatic dressings. The control of major hemorrhage, called hemostasis, is the territory of paramedics and trauma surgeons in normal times, but in survival scenarios, the family medic is unlikely to be either of these. So, although direct pressure on a bleeding wound like that may stop the bleeding, there are times when it just is not enough. Nope. In such cases, tourniquets are the best first course of action, but guess what? They can't stay on there forever. While tourniquets, gauze rolls, and Israeli battle dressings will help stop bleeding, they don't have anything special in them that specifically aids in the clotting process. Right. In the last several decades, however, several substances have been identified that can help control the loss of blood. If you know how to properly use them in an emergency, often in conjunction with a tourniquet, you'll increase an injured patient's chances of survival. Off the grid, having a supply of these is just going to save lives. Although there are several brands of hemostatic agents on the market, the most popular, I guess, are Quick Clot. That's here. these I'll be, here. I'll be your Vanna White. These here. Quick Clot. Quick Here's Quick Clot also. Also called Combat Gauze. Right. Another Quick Clot that's a smaller Here's a version. Small, right. This is a smaller one. This one's four yards or 12 mm -hmm. feet, and this is four feet. Right. Sealox made in Great Britain. And Kaido Sam made by the same people that make Sam Medical Splints. Yep. These are essentially bandages that are impregnated with blood clotting material. 
The procedure for using these items is pretty simple. To stop major hemorrhage, basically what you do is you remove any blood-soaked dressings. I don't have any blood-soaked ones right here, but here dressings. <laughs> Let's pretend that was in a wound. Take <laughs> From that the wound, out. <laughs> you apply the hemostatic agent directly on the bleeding vessel. Then apply firm pressure for three minutes. Pretty much that's all that there is to it. Note that this procedure is different than when you use regular gauze bandaging like this. In that case, you leave the soak bandages already in place, but then you place new ones on top like that. It's different for hemostatic agents because they have to be in physical contact with the bleeding vessel. That's why it's important to remove all the previous dressings from the wound before placing. You gotta get right on the vessel that's bleeding. Rarely, more than one hemostatic dressing may be required. In that case, you remove the first one and then you place the second one. Again, directly on the bleeding vessel. For another three minutes again. For another three minutes, right, exactly. You repeat the entire process. Yep. You might not know that hemostatic gauze should be removed and washed out of wounds within about 24 hours. Irrigation and wound care after removal, of course, that's going to be necessary to prevent infection. I just want to mention that, you know, we've had a lot of questions in the past about is this difficult to get out? And there are previous versions of both the quick clot and the sea locks that were a little more difficult to get out, especially the quick clot that dried up and became right. sort of a crumbly, yeah, stiff powder. And it was really hard. In fact, um, the earlier version of this caused burning. Those were apples and these are now oranges. So it doesn't burn, neither of these. And also, and, and neither does the Kaido Sam, which is the same product as in, Sealocks, neither of them burn, and they don't have any issues with irrigation. So when you're washing this wound, it's not going to necessitate you being super aggressive. So you're not going to have to get in there and scrub. Think about this. You've just stopped someone from hemorrhaging. There's a blood clot in there. That's the dam that's preventing the, the blood from coming out again. So you don't want to be too aggressive when you are cleaning after a bleeding wound that you had to use some special materials. Now, if it was just a minor wound, did it stop with some direct pressure in a couple of minutes, then you can be more aggressive for sure. But if you know there's a blood clot in there and that's the only thing preventing that person from bleeding out, you need to be a little more careful. I just want to mention that. We're not saying don't clean the wound. It's just don't be as aggressive in that first 24 hours. Maybe the most popular brand that we have is known as Quick Clot Show, the Quick Clot yeah, brand. Quick Clot yeah. Combat Gauze. This was originally a volcanic material known as zeolite, which effectively clotted bleeding wounds, but also caused a reaction that led to some pretty serious burns. Burns, which is what right. I was just mentioning, right? right? The zeolite. So as a result, the main ingredient in Quick Clot was replaced with another substance that does not burn. Yay. <laughs> the current generation of Quick Clot is made from kaolin, a soft white clay that's an essential ingredient, believe it or not, in the manufacture of porcelain and was once the main ingredient in kaopecte. Here you have some kaolin powder. Yep. So allergies are luckily rare with this product. The product appears as plain woven gauze without any powder or granules present if you open it up and it looks actually pretty much like that. Yeah, it just looks like a regular gauze. You That's can't right. even tell there's anything on it. There you go. Contact between kaolin and blood immediately initiates the clotting process by activating the factor 12 that you have in your body. That's a major player in the clotting process. The quick clot dressing is applied and pressure is placed for at least three minutes. Right. Quick clot, FDA approved, widely available, shelf life of about five years and probably more, honestly. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at how tightly vacuum packed this is. Right. Let's see if they've expanded it. Yeah, this one doesn't expire until 
June of 2026. Is that... That's how fresh that is. Seven years? Yep, five years. That was a five years. Yeah, this one. All right, so five years. This one's still five years. But you know what's happening? pretty much count on it for five years. But what's happening is that as they're increasing the length of time this has been on the shelf, Mm -hmm. it's been available, they're resubmitting for longer expiration dates. So when we first started buying this, it was only three years. That's right. So now they've changed it to five years. So there is a possibility in the future that they'll come out with a new recommendation and they may change it to seven years, probably 10 years. So you well, just don't know at this point technically whether it's going to be longer than five years. But Truthfully, Kale and Clay shouldn't really change much from one year to the next. So yeah. it probably would last quite a bit longer. Let's talk a little bit about Kytosam okay. and Kytosam type products. Sealox, Kytosam are the products that use Kytosan. There's just barely a different name between uh, Kytosan and Kytosan. It gets, can get confused. It's a biopolymer material that's made out of shellfish exoskeletons, processed. Now, you might think that those allergic to shellfish shouldn't, shouldn't use this stuff. Here's the powder. You can actually buy the Big powder, just bag. like you can buy kale and clay. <laughs> but the manufacturers state that they do not cause allergic reactions if you're allergic to shellfish or to seafood. Yes, because it doesn't have any proteins in it. There you go. When Kytosan products come in contact with blood, they bond with it and form a clot that appears like a gel. Like quick clot, it comes in impregnated dressings, just like you see here. But unlike quick clot, however, Kytosan products like Celox will cause effective clotting without using the body's clotting factors. Now, that's especially useful for those people who start off with low clotting factors, people who are on blood thinners and things like that or have medical issues that indeed have them with very few blood clotting factors in their system. Exactly. Now, being an organic material, it's gradually broken down by the body's natural enzymes. It's thought by some people to be more easily absorbed than some other products. But you still have to wash it out within 24 hours. That's right. Just like the other ones. <laughs> now, Kytosam, show me the, the Kytosam. Yes. Kytosam is a non-woven Kytosam dressing spun directly from the Kytosam. It has no woven gauze material like Quicklot, but nor any granules on the surface of the product right. like Sealox. I actually have this open uh, in the kitchen if you want me to show it. I keep it there because all the knife cuts I get from Well, cooking. basically <laughs> it reminds me of a handkerchief. Yeah, it's you really know. soft. It's thick. Um, it has that yellow color, which is exactly what this powder has, is that yellowish color. So somehow they made it into a 100% product, which is great because it's not just stuck to the outside. It makes it a, a very easy thing to use. Yep. It's thick, it's soft, it easily tears into smaller sections for smaller wounds like right. severe nosebleeds. So it's very useful for a lot of, a lot of different stuff. Now, like Quick Clot, Kytosan products are FDA approved. They have been tested by the U.S. and U.K. military in Iraq and Afghanistan. Kytosan products are also being researched for use, interestingly enough, in daily wound care and to speed healing. I thought that was a really interesting thing that we found. Yeah. So not only are they proven to stop severe bleeding, but they're also using these impregnated gauzes to speed the healing of wounds. Right, they might be more versatile. One Very stu- cool. One study showed a vinegar and chitazan solution applied to sterile gauze allowed to dry for at, at about 140 degrees and then covered in sterile Vaseline sped up wound healing several times over and it reduced infection rates. Which now, is great for off-grid. That's right. Because that is the biggest fear we have. It's not the wounds themselves because we probably can stop bleeding. Most bleeding 
will stop eventually, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> what our problem Old is... medical joke. <laughs> what our problem is off-grid is the infection rates. That's right. And not having adequate uh, access to antibiotics, not being able to control an infection that in modern times wouldn't have been such a big deal. So it might be very versatile. And I got to say that that study I just mentioned is in rats. Human yeah. <laughs> studies still need to be done. And there are not multiple <laughs> studies of them. There's one small that, little yeah, so study. So we're just, just starting off. But, <laughs> Mentioning you know, it. You know what may have some promise in other fields just besides just stopping bleeding. Now, another Kaidazan product is Xstat. That's oh, a, you know, you I have one of those? do. Oh, I have a bag. They, they sent me a bag of what the sponges look like. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yes. So but, if you want to just talk about them for a minute, yeah, okay. I will be right back. Wow, I didn't know we had one of those. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to talk about Xstat for a second. That is being used by the military. It's approved by the Tactical Combat Casualty Care Committee. And it's a syringe full of small sponges that expand in the body. It's meant to be injected into small diameter bullet wounds that are bleeding. This is an expensive item. This is a prescription-only item. And interestingly enough, it contains 92 small sponges. And these small sponges spread out and they stop bleeding, which is good. The only thing with that... Oh, do you have one? Well, yes, I do. Actually, what I have is a product that they're no longer making that has the little sponges in it. These are teeny tiny little sponges. I'll do an up-close picture of it, too. Oh, yeah, I see. See all the sponges? Oh, yeah, I do. They actually stuck them on gauze. They're not making this anymore. But these sponges are what's in that Xstat syringe. All these little sponges. 92 of them. (laughs) You need an X-ray to locate these 92 sponges before and after the removal process. So Xstat has to be removed in the operating room. You have to open up the person, remove it, and that preferably is within four hours. From my standpoint, I think this is of limited use for the average survival medic uh, without a surgical suite and X-ray machine at this time. Just one of those things, but it's an interesting product. It is. And maybe one day it'll be adjusted or, you, or modified in some way. Did you mention where they're, they're FDA approved? There, I know that's, Junctional. That's where they're actually FDA approved. When they first came out with it, I think they were really hopeful that this would almost be a replacement for tourniquets. A one and done thing. Right, because you can't put tourniquets in certain parts of the body. Exactly. So what they found out was that it is effective for locations where you can't put a tourniquet, but they specifically want the junctional areas here and then, of course, you know, junctional between your legs and your torso in that area. Um, Again, where it's not amenable to tourniquets, but also not in the abdominal or the chest cavity because they can get lost. We're talking about tiny little sponges. You're injecting. You have to dig them out because they don't absorb on them. So you don't want to put them into a cavity where they can get lost behind your liver or your stomach (laughs) or in between your lots of feet of intestines. Bottom line, (laughs) probably not for the survival medic at this time. And they're just expensive. And they're very expensive. Now, another effective hemostatic product for small bleeds is Axel. Axel hemostatic gauze. That's created from regenerated cellulose. You may have seen it in our dental kits. Every one of our dental kits has some of this stuff in it. Now, upon contact with blood... Axel gauze instantly converts to a glucose gel, which expands to cause direct pressure on blood vessels and controls bleeding. Yes. Axel has a quick clotting time. It's sterile and bacteriostatic. That means it prevents bacteria from growing and therefore multiplying. And that's different from a bactericidal product, that, which means that that directly kills a bacteria. It doesn't do that, but it stops it from growing, stops it from multiplying, and therefore gets rid of the infection over time. 
this particular hemostatic gauze Axel is water soluble. The gel will wash away when irrigated with water, saline, or hydrogen peroxide. And also one thing that's interesting about this product and why we put it in the dental kits is if you have where you have extracted a tooth, a deep hole there that has trouble bleeding, you can put this inside, you can pack a little bit of gauze on it. When the bleeding is stopped, you can take the gauze off. You can leave this inside and actually put a stitch in that gum to pull it together. Mm-hmm. And it. this doesn't have to be removed right. because like you just said, soluble. it's soluble. So it, especially in the mouth, it will just absorb itself. You don't have to go back in there and pop the stitch and, and pull this out, which is really nice. You don't want to disturb that area too much. Now, I want to say that these commercially made dressings, hemostatic dressings, are pretty darn expensive. Now, some have suggested improvising with plain gauze squares that are non-sterile and food-grade kytosan or kaolin powder. You've seen the kytosan and kaolin powder, and you should have some, I think, of this stuff available, but you should also have some of the commercial stuff, too. Now, if you want to go down MacGyver Street, it's actually pretty easy to put this together. How would you do it, Amy? So um, there are several different types of materials you can use. You can use uh, triangular bandage cut up into small sections. I would probably do about a four to six inch wide, maybe by three or four inches, four to six inches in length and three or four inches wide. So about that big. Uh, You can make strips. You can also use um, compressed gauze, which is pretty much the perfect width. And then you can just cut it four or six inches. You want pieces that are easy to get in. Uh, If you soak the whole thing and you don't end up needing it, uh, you just have a bunch of extra that's wasted. So the smaller sections, I believe, are, are pretty good. You can put several of them in to pack the wound up. What um, I've done is I took the kytosan powder or the kaolin clay powder, put that on a plate as if I was going to coat chicken. And after I cut my gauze, I also used, um, we used white cotton sheets. Right. was another thing. How cheap is a white cotton sheet? So get 100% white cotton sheets. They're good for all kinds of things. Uh, bandages, slings, all kinds of wonderful things. But you can also make this gauze out of. So cut your gauze, uh, put your powder into a plate, and then use some sort of bowl and either use 5% vinegar or distilled water. I want the cleanest water I can. If you can boil it, that would be great. So just make sure it's potable. But then again, if you sterile, if you can boil it and then even let better. that dry that's or let it cool off, that's even great. Now, why vinegar? Uh, vinegar is actually known to help with bleeding. Oh. So why not combine two things that help with bleeding? All right. One Sounds of these good. powders and vinegar. But again, if you just have water, that's fine. So you're going to soak your gauze for a few seconds, squeeze it out so it's not too, too wet. Um, I used gloves when I did it, so I didn't contaminate anything. Then you're going to take the wet gauze, and then you're going to put it in the plate with the powder, just like you're coating fish or chicken. Just coat them. Now, it's funny. The kaolin actually turns into um, a lot of paste really easily. So when you pat down the powder onto the gauze, it's going to kind of become muddy. At that point, I just rubbed the gauze on both sides, so I made sure there was a nice coating. And then you can take... Either of these types of gauze, whether you use the kytosam or the kaolin, and you can do one of two things. You can either let it dry naturally, or I used a dehydrator, and because I have a dehydrator that goes down to 105 degrees, I set it at the lowest setting. If you're using an oven, you can do somewhere around 140 if you want. 
They dried at 105 degrees in about 20 to 30 minutes. So it was pretty fast, which was good. Then you're going to want to let them cool and then you're going to want to store them either in a vacuum bag which of course prevents exposure to humidity or plastic bags and make sure you get out as much of the oxygen as possible when you're putting them in the bags these are my kaolin covered and these are actually softer interesting enough let's take one of these when out. you take them out they're going to be a little powdery so this first one here is from a cotton sheet mm -hmm. and there it is it was coated and dried. This one is from gauze. That was from the, the roller gauze that I showed you here. That's what this one looks All like. All right, sounds good. Yeah, and there's I did four different materials because I wanted to see what happened. Those stayed flexible. I will say that the ones uh, that I did with the Kydesam got a little bit stiffer, and I'm not sure if it's because I used the vinegar on this one, but this product just is a little bit stiffer than the other ones. But still, it works. I have used a piece. You can see the cutout piece right there. Uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had some bleeding. I also had um, a finger cut the other day, another one. So I use that. And then when I'm finished, I just make sure to get as much air out air out of this. Because what you cannot get moist. Don't want the... these to do, and I'll have to squish the air out of this one. Don't want them to get exposed to moisture right or humidity that's yeah, once how they're you done you to... don't you don't want them exposed at all right and you can cut them into little pieces you can also put them underneath a band-aid if when you've stopped bleeding it there's it's not necessary to take it off and then put a band-aid on just slap the band-aid right over the other thing that we did see is you can make them into freeze-dried products so what you would do is if you can get dry ice, which we tried to get yesterday, and our grocery store does not carry dry ice anymore. Interesting. So, yeah, so what we were going to do is take pictures of our dry ice method. You take chunks of dry ice, you put it in a container, a plastic container that you've poked holes in. You put the dry ice on one side and you put your, your gauze on the other side and you'll put them in after you've frozen them. So you're going to freeze the gauze first, then put them in the container, put the lid on it, and when the, the dry ice is gone, you should have freeze-dried gauze. And again, you can vacuum pack them or put them in plastic containers. It'll be interesting to see how that turns out because I don't know why they wouldn't crumble. Yeah. I, I, so it'll be interesting to see. I I'm think this, very happy with my air dry and my made, dehydrator yeah. drying. I think it's simple. Again, honestly, dry ice is very expensive. When we've purchased it before, for storing our yeah. pig's feet going to the right. suture classes, it's cost us $30, $40 for a couple and, hunks of... And the whole point of this thing is to make... It's to be cheaper. So right. you could buy, you know, one or two of these for that much money. So it's... And, you know, these are 12 feet long. So it just... I don't know. The freeze-dry method. I wanted to mention it because we did read it. But uh, economically, if what you're trying to do is get a bunch of these gauze, uh, that's probably not the one you need. Make sure that you're going to... Uh, use it for three minutes, just like the commercial products. If you need to use it immediately, let's say um, I had a sword here and I was demonstrating a sword <laughs> and ah! I cut his arm yeah. right this second. I could take... What a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> I could take one of these powders, literally put it in my hand, get a little bit of gauze, get make that, a make a paste, and then shove that right into the wound and push for three minutes towards the bleeding wound. His blood's coming out here. 
I'm shoving in there for three minutes. So you can use it immediately as a paste. Now, have we used this to stop a massive hemorrhage? Have we no. used this? I haven't to, chopped off your arm and used, used it on it. a scrape. Use it on a little Scrapes cut. And cuts, right. It works fine for that, and that's as much as I'm going to bleed for the show. You know, I was actually thinking about cutting myself during a YouTube video. You know, that's <laughs> he crazy. He won't let me. I will not let you. <laughs> be a good demonstration though <laughs> these improvisations pretty much what's in the commercially made dressings now there are other new products that are currently in development that include foams and gels that quickly seal off bleeding areas even in abdominal and chest wounds although one day they may prove to be acceptable options these items are not yet really on the market and not yet candidates as a first line of treatment for bleeding wounds right so that's, I think, all the time that we have for today and this episode <laughs> of the Survival Medicine Podcast. For Joe Alton. And Amy Alton. I'm Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. The Survival Medicine Podcast is brought to you by monkeys. Monkeys, those cute, hilarious little rascals that'll steal your sandwich right out of your hand and bite you on the finger to boot. Give one a hug and get a big surprise. Monkeys, available at fine jungles everywhere. <laughs> You've been listening to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Check out our website at www.doomandbloom.net for hundreds of informative articles about survival medicine, gardening, natural remedies, medical supplies, and lots of other good stuff. Contact us, send your email to drbonespodcast at aol.com or use the contact form on the main page of the website. See you next week. <laughs>